Uh, did that throw anybody off? It's been like three years and change, and I just changed up what I said to start the recording for the first time. Yeah. Well, you used to count down or count up. Oh, yeah. I feel like I accidentally counted up a lot at one point. <laughs> accidentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was testing you all to make sure you know your numbers. I. And that's why I, that's why I did Numbers so poorly. Numbers are good with letters. I'm basically just illiterate. <laughs> so, all right, here's my proposal. Uh, I propose that at the end of all this, none of us talk to each other again. <laughs> yeah, this be the last time we ever talk. I mean, that goes without saying. Okay. Well, yeah. Only if it's never ever. Never ever, yeah. Even if there's a fire, infinity times one. Even if there's a fire, I don't want any call. I don't want anyone calling me. If there's a fire, don't call me. Yeah. Now the listeners are gonna think we're okay, mad. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, so I would propose that we answer any listener questions we have left and chit chat about the fate of Finradell. Okay. And then uh, after that, if we want to just throw out some of the conceptual ideas we've had for future games just to entice the listener so that... I was going to say we already did a lot of this. Did, well, uh, the questions you mean, or did we no, talk about future con- stuff already? Future stuff. Did we? Oh, we recorded that last time? Yeah. I don't remember what we talked about, so I'm curious. I, I mean... You drunk. <laughs> we can definitely do it again. Uh, but yeah, we have some listener questions, I think. So let's open up with those. Okay. So I'm going to give everybody, everyone gets four, five seconds. Let's do five seconds. And then everyone all at once, when I say, when I say go, you're all going to say what you're thinking at the same time. So here's the question. What is the most meaningful or favorite memory you have from the entirety of the campaign? Five, four, three, two, one, go. Trying to get the, the puzzle dead door at the final out of the window. Uh, race. Dresden traps the children and says, I'm, you're going to die. <laughs> Keegan, you didn't say anything. You have to go first now. <laughs> I'm so bad at thinking No, you have fast. to just, first thing that comes to your mind, go. Incredibly go. bad go. at thinking What's fast. The first now thing? all I'm thinking about is Dresden trapping those children. Uh, that was someone else's. Now your influence. All right, everyone, uh, why don't we start with Jordan and then everyone can talk about why that's their favorite moment because I'm sure the listener doesn't under didn't hear because everyone said it at the same time. Oh, I thought oh, I thought saying them all at once is that's efficient. Now the listeners got all the answers <laughs> yeah. and we can move well, on. Well, no, it, it was maybe because we if, do it. If, if you guys didn't do it all at the same time, then everyone would get more than seconds to think about it. Uh, let me elaborate just a bit on mine. I said the puzzle door before the final battle because I feel like that was uh, number one I think the puzzle worked out really well which was something that I struggled with throughout the campaign Um, and by I struggled with I mean I created several that were not met with a lot of problem solving skills uh, or like they just weren't well designed I'll own that part of it but this one was pretty well designed and I got to kind of walk through like every arc with every one of you and like hear what parts you liked uh, so essentially, I just designed a puzzle that was going to stoke my ego, which is wildly out of control already. So that was great. I for love me. that. And that was uh, with Fred, the Guardian of Memories, or whatever the fuck his name was. 
Yeah, it was a good Best one. Best NPC ever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, um, I can go next. Josh, you go. Yeah, so for me, it was uh, Dresden and Macecore trying to get that body out the window. Um, God, that was my. That was the other one that popped into my head. Just making it as complicated as possible, and then what was the guy that walked in? And then we we, we tied him spread eagle. <laughs> oh God, I don't even remember it, the names. But it, it was it was like the concierge. The, yeah, the concierge. Yeah, he had a name. Um, yes, it was pirate themed. I think probably or I'm sure it was horn themed. Um, yeah, that was my, my favorite moment. Um, All right. Alex? Oh. Yeah, wait, you didn't yell one out, did you? I did. Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. All right, I'll go. So, first session that I was here, uh, you know, anytime like, you start with a new crew, like a new group, it's like, oh, what are the dynamics going to be? Like, how is this going to go? Like, am I going to fit in? But we were just like hysterically laughing and having a good time. And it just like set the tone for like my participation in the rest of the campaign, like really, really well. Cause we just had a blast. Dresden tried to disintegrate a hole in a door and he like melted through an entire floor of like the main building and call college. Meanwhile, I was acting like I didn't know what was going on while Felosiel took Flint to like the infirmary. And then we meet up and sneak into a fucking house and like find part of like this overarching mystery. And it was just a blast. So I think that that just like, it set the bar really high, but it also just like, provided like a base point where we just continued to have a ton of fun after that in my opinion it was a good one uh mine was the and alex i'm sorry you you weren't um here for this but the end of the chariot race um when flint i got a lot of money from that yeah and flint i think almost that was like our almost first character death potentially um yeah i just remember it because like the end of the chariot race jordan you set up like a really good like, oh, there's another cart that's going to come in front of you. You have to do something to get ahead. Um, like, uh, and it was just very clever how it all ended and how we, like, won the race by, like, stopping the other cart. And, uh, like, I don't know what would have happened if we didn't do that. So I don't know if you planned for that. But I thought that was, I have no that idea. was just a really, like, intense moment that was like, wow. <sighs> like, we did it. So that was cool. Keegan, you didn't name one, so you have to do I it now. I didn't. Uh, she doesn't remember anything from that's it. True. I really, I mean, I very much like the ending that Jordan made, but uh, I think that's also because it's most recent and wrapped everything up. But I think in um, Old Port and Kerpal and how we were all getting modeling jobs from Kerpal, but Dresden wasn't. <laughs> was just really <laughs> funny because we were just modeling bricks. Um, just moments like that, but that one was very funny, and it was pretty early on. That's good, too. I forgot about that, where where uh, Dresden... He got hit. so mad. Yeah. So angry. Just absolutely livid. I hope you like that listener How about- question. I... 
Yeah, I have a listener question. All right. What other TTRPGs have you each played? I'm going to go on a limb and say not many. Well, okay. There was one, I think, it depends on whether you call... It's more of a strategy. Let me look. Is it Risk? Because I feel like that's the only one that I've played. But Risk... That's a uh, RTS type situation. And then Clue, but also, again, not a TTRPG. Pandemic is technically, I think, called a cooperative board game, but I guess there's not really role-playing. Although you pick, a like, game. a character, it's really... it. We only played the first phase of it, because it got fucking wild. The virus, like, mute... This is way before COVID, so it was kind of... <laughs> um, the virus, like, mutated and, like, wiped out so much. Like, your characters end up getting, like, scars, which takes away some of their abilities... It has, like, RPG elements, but... Um. I mean, did we play Diablo 3 before? Yeah. yeah. I think um, you and me and Hilsey and Josh, did you play that with us at one point, too? Yes, at one point I did, yeah. Yeah. So that was probably the closest thing that we had done to, like, an actual D&D world, right? Yeah. Diablo 3 is, like, a top-down, like, dungeon crawler, right? Yeah. Yeah. But How we had done... Like- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we had done some different, like, video games over the years together, and there were a few that were sort of RPG survival-type things. Um, And then the board game, like, tabletop games-wise, the sort of, like, I'd call it, like, a gateway drug version of D&D that I think Hilsey and Josh and I, and maybe Keegan, had played at one point was called The Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Which is like, uh, it's it's very similar to, uh, it's by the, god, I can't remember the name of the company now, but the um, Betrayal at the House on the Hill was the original title. Wizards, I think. Yeah, Baldur's Gate is like a D&D world. And so it was a, it was a D&D version of Betrayal at House on the Hill, and you played a character, you had stats, you like made choices of what to do. It was a little more like turn based the entire time and less role play ish. But I feel like when we played it, we got very like role play with it. And uh, that was shortly before we started playing D and D. Well, and we also have uh, the quiet year uh, at, you can hear us play it at uh, patreon.com slash this is oh, how we thanks roll. Thanks for that plug, Alex. <laughs> Good plug. Uh, ah, he's a veteran. I mean, we've, we've played, we, we've played, We've played two of those, and that that's a super fun game. Although maybe not so much in the art. I mean, it does take art role playing, right? Because yeah. you have to like play out like different interactions. Yeah. Um, and that was yeah, that was during. Yeah. This play. How about um, single player RPG games, like games that are like that you've played? Well, I, I can think of a couple off the top of my head, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm wondering. Are you thinking Zoo Tycoon? Wrong genre. Playing. I mean, I'm playing the role of the Lord of a Zoo. That's true. You're playing God. Yeah. Uh, both Baldur's Gate and House on the Hill. House on the Betrayal. House on the Hill was first. Um, are published by Wizards of the Coast and uh, another company called Avalon Hill. Avalon. That's the I knew that. Yeah. There was another company. But Wizards of the Coast is like the people who. Yeah. Uh, they had to have that to get all the licensing for the names of the monsters right, and stuff right, in the right. game. So, um, does 
is there uh do you guys remember when you were younger like video games wise what your introductory rpg was absolutely i do too for sure what was it golden uh, 007 no the legend of zelda ocarina of time mm. yeah oh yeah yeah that was glover I, I definitely so for some reason i I have a Glover. What a <laughs> fucking wild game that was. Oh, you guys love Glover. Ends, dude, N64, you walk backwards on a fucking ball, ball to try and solve puzzles. <laughs> some of the balls are heavy. Some of them are, dude. I, some are made of crystal, and if you threw them by accident, they shattered. I'm going to be... I'm going to be watching Glover speedruns tonight. <laughs> um, okay. Is Pokemon considered... So, I have a hard time... Is what? So. Pokemon? Probably. I feel like I maybe for me we're being a little loose with the term RPG, but I totally am fine with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Goldeneye R- is not to be clear. What? Yeah. No. R- RPGs uh, that like defined like what I think a good game is are probably number one, uh, The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Yep. Fantastic. I mean, I still like will play through that game like it's it's so good and world of warcraft Warcraft? i played a little bit of wow um and then other rpgs uh knights of the old republic Mm, uh, star wars knights of the old republic Mm. that is such such a good because it, it it was like one of the first games in my life that like you know this before like mass effect where decisions like had effects on you know what happened to your character so if you made like the negative decisions your character become would dark get side. like yeah. veiny and like get to like use dark side forces and shit um so those those two for sure there's a game on it was definitely on i think i had it on xbox and maybe i'm on, on, on playstation 2 dragon age you ever hear that? Oh, yeah. The Dragon there, Age games. There was Dragon yeah, Dragon Age. Age there yeah, was yeah. Origins, Inquisition, and there was one other one that I can't remember. Yeah, Dragon Age. Um, yeah, Dragon Age 2, yeah. Dragon Age Inquisition. I, I loved those games. I was, like, obsessed with those games. I would go through them pretty quick, pretty oh, yeah. quickly. So that was, like, a big introduction for me. That might have originally come out on Xbox. I think it did. It was, like... Because I had it on, on, X, on Xbox for sure. Uh, I think this kind of leads into another listener question that says, assuming you've all played other TTRPGs before, can you regale us with the character deaths you've experienced that bothered you or upset you the most? Well, I mean, this is the first tabletop RPG, I mean, that I've done, so. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really had a character die on me yet. Um, no. Or if they did, I just... Just Luigi in Luigi's <laughs> Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> classic um there were definitely like in pandemic you know when a character in that game it's it's designed in such a way to induce like a sense i I mean it feels like as someone who played only one phase of it to induce a sense of hopelessness so like i was pretty upset with all of the characters that died in uh that game I, th- um, I feel like I can relate to this more with books that I've read and not games I've mm. played. Well, what's a what's a book where you were pretty upset with the who reads books? The death. 
Uh, well, I guess it's not really, uh, I guess it's more like sci-fi type books or, uh, young, just the young adult books, but, uh, the I Am Number Four series, you know, like some pretty important people died in that series. And that's- Is that the one that's about like superhero type kids or something? Yeah, they're alien kids who each have a superpower, but they have to be killed in the order that they were assigned. So- Wow. It starts, Ooh. the first book is I am number four, and it's the fourth guy, and the third person gets killed, and when they get killed, a scar appears on his leg, and so then, then he knows he's the next person being hunted by these other aliens. Um, That's hmm. wild. Which, it's an interesting concept, and they each have different superpowers, essentially. But, yeah, I feel like it would relate more to just books, and not games i've played i mean yeah i i would say you know the quiet year it goes so quickly that when a character that you come up with is like massacred in the next turn like you don't have enough time (laughs) there's no attachment like yeah there's very little attachment you're very much still like a benevolent god there's some attachment in, in in the quiet well it depends yeah I, and I, f- I would say that I never play video games on any kind of like insta death setting where you're just done if you die. So yeah. I, yeah, I get lots scumming. of chances <laughs> to, yeah. to redo it. I would say that in our game, for sure, if like Piper had died, I think we all would have been pretty oh, upset. Yeah. yeah. Or at least if she had died in like a shitty way, there would be some rioting. There'd be yeah. some hell to pack. You're lucky, Jordan. Well, I thought Piper was going to die. I was like, this is going to happen. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Okay, Jordan, how did you decide Piper's fate? Um, I felt like you all took a pretty measured approach to the final battle. Um, and, you know, Piper had a little bit more to her by the end, so. You told her to stay away, and then you brought her up anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, there had to be someone to, stakes. Someone to slap Macecore in the face mm. before he left the battle. Completely. Well, that too, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, She was on the list, so when there were a bunch of character deaths at the different phases of the battle, one of those could have been Piper. Right. Um, but didn't it didn't that. turn out that way, yeah. Um, and, you know, you guys kept the casualties limited anyways, because like I said, I think you took a pretty smart approach, in my opinion, and that's really the only opinion that mattered in that situation. (laughs) (laughs) All right, user question or one from us? Let's do one from us. Well, not user, listener. I have one. Mm. What was the most, and I guess this can apply to Jordan for like any number of characters, but what was the most difficult part about playing your respective character. If there was a difficult part, I mean, it could have just been super easy. And certainly, like, three years in, it's got to be easier, but there had to have been... There didn't have to be. I definitely started out playing Felocio as a much more unintelligent person because she was supposed to be a straight-up fighter, and I feel like, in general, they end up being... Not that intelligent, especially with her stats, but I'm more intelligent than she was. Um, So figuring out how to 
role play that and get her more on my level to figure out the final puzzle and things like that because at the beginning I just had to act like I had no idea what's going on because of the intelligence score of her. Mm. I and I, I don't know Alex if you were here for you definitely were for part of it but I felt pretty unattached uh, to Jandar my first character for a while and right. so that's when right. Jordan, I remember Jordan and I met and we talked about ways to change it and so for, for the first like god I don't know like year and a half or something or two years maybe I just felt like not super attached to him and I couldn't figure out why and just because there was no defining feature about him and so then uh, Dresden uh, when I made that 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 switch and and delves more into his background, I felt more attached once that happened. But dealing with not being attached to your character is kind of a big deal. Yeah, I almost think that it's good... You know, if you come up with a super detailed backstory and a lot of things that motivate your character before you have a chance to play them, it almost makes it like the more likely you know if you're not if at some point you're like i'm not really like into this backstory Mm -hmm. it makes it really hard to stick with it so i wonder if like a general piece of advice would be to just dude just play out your backstory as it comes like as it yeah becomes convenient to reveal it instead of pigeonholing yourself right yeah Yeah, i'd say we all learned that a little bit as we went yeah yeah because i think we all went into it not knowing very much, but just a week of kind of reading stuff, thinking we had to know all this right backstory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it was very brand new to all of us. And I think that for me, when we were starting out, it was helpful for you all to do some thinking about like more details in your backstories, because then I was able to try to like weave some of that into my story, um, like all which the ultimately. Nim was well that that was nothing to do with your backstories on your <laughs> on your character sheets but um yeah but i think that stuff that we started to seed in through flashbacks and stuff like that um i actually kind of got inspiration for that from another D podcast that i won't name because i don't want them to have more listeners um but <laughs> it <laughs> no i'm just kidding i think it was like maybe one of the adventure zone seasons or something um where they they really did more developing their backstories as they went and it seemed like it really worked better because then your character fits the story they're in um which i think you can do with some background but if you get really specific then it really becomes hard to fit them in if that's not the story they're in yeah yeah for sure how about with uh mace core what was the hardest part about playing mace core for you yeah i mean i think Initially, it was just, like, getting bearings of, like, who he is and how he wants to conduct himself. I think the hardest part was that oftentimes I think I wanted to, like, be a little bit more chaotic, um, especially as the story went on. Not chaotic, Mm -hmm. but, like, you know. Spur of the moment. Yeah, spur of the moment, like, do some more things that, like, you're going to steal something. But, like, at the end of the day, it was, like, 
I developed him already where he wasn't that type of character. I was going to say, and the way our right. party yeah. dynamic developed, he was often the voice yeah, of reason. I was often so, the voice yeah. of reason. So, like, if yeah. I wanted to say something, like, ah, let's just kill him, or, like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> right. Or, if you said that, it would be, like, really out of character all or of a like, sudden. Let's, it's like, whoa, what the fuck's going on with Mace? Yeah, or, like, let's burn this town. I think that wouldn't be appropriate um, for, right. for him. Right. And so, like, next time I think I'll probably I mean that's who I chose but um it wasn't the hardest part it was definitely something I was like okay now I felt limitations because I've already developed him that way and I was like oh right he can't just do whatever he wants it can't just be like a fun D&D sesh where it's like kill them all you know yeah Murder right everybody. yeah you can't just like put the god mode cheat on and just like go slaughter all the village right. people yeah I think I put him as lawful neutral but he ended up being like lawful good at the end and that's fine but yeah difficult i feel like well i was gonna say i feel like in future games like different settings and stuff i will certainly uh when i'm running something make sure there's space for hilsey specifically to like be a fucking crazy character if he wants to just because he was definitely the most yeah. measured most of the time and i'd say felosial to some degree fit that bill by the end too yeah um, i was actually gonna say increasingly where... less at the end <laughs> who felosial yeah I yeah feel, maybe a little i feel um, like felosial and like keegan maybe this is just intentionally the way you played like you used to be very much like Except for the key thing, when you touched all the keys in the very beginning, um, <laughs> and almost killed yourself. Um, I I think that Felosu increasingly became more just like, let's just do it, like whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think back three years. Uh, before I let Alex answer, let me jump in and just talk a little bit about playing Morthos. Um who's my bard character, who was a minor character in the main campaign um, that I've played a lot in these side quests that we've done, which you can uh, also listen to those on patreon.com yeah, slash this is it. how we roll. Um, oh, what was that? It was that patreon.com slash this is how we roll? Oh. <laughs> it was indeed. Wait, did you say oh, oh, patreon.com okay. slash this is how we roll? Where we That's have right. new Kate? episodes coming out pretty much every other week now. Wait. And one more time and cut content. What was it? What, what was it again? Almost every week. <laughs> Wait, Josh, Everybody. are you writing it down? I have to write it down. So it's patreon.com slash this is how we roll. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay, That's great. It. All right, great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, so Morthos is a bard. He's a smooth talker. Um, I think I leaned into some traits that I have some of in real life. Um, but I, I think this was a, it's like in this game, I am able to go with like my worst inclinations in a lot of moments (laughs) where in real life, despite the fact that I probably could smoothly lie about something in certain settings, like I don't, um, I'm a pretty honest person in my real life, but like, I, So I think one thing that I've struggled with is that the amount of skill that this character has for persuasion and deception and stuff can literally break almost every situation, which in some ways, maybe that's like a game dynamic that is imbalanced. But like if I get a plus 13 and can't roll less than a 10 on a deception check, 99.5% of the time, I'm going to be able to deceive another character when I want to. And so I think 
I've been trying now to find the right balance of like using those skills versus hanging back a little bit more um, because I think it just becomes a less interesting story if we can literally lie our way through every single situation. Listen, one day yeah. that's going to really bite you in the butt and it's going to be it might. awful. But I also yeah. feel like I'm kind of doing at times I find myself doing what I know I would get annoyed with if I was the DM and just like I feel like I feel the power in my hands <laughs> oh. with this character to like derail right. the story any moment that I want. And I can just be like, yeah. find me another sentient character, and now I'm going to fuck with them super hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, you know, Bart, the way you built Morthos, it's like, he's almost purely meant to just, like, lower the barriers of the game <laughs> that the DM puts up. Yeah rather than being truly like a support bard, you know, like a support character. And I mean, we don't have a definitive end for the side quests that we've been playing. You Maybe don't know we that. Keegan's probably been writing <laughs> endlessly. Well I feel I was gonna say I yeah, feel we've like got maybe ten more years of this. Oh shit. <laughs> Alright. Because I, I was thinking that at Wednesday some point night every week. I also think if we got bored with the story, it would be very realistic at some point for the four characters that we've been playing to just become some kind of criminal enterprise themselves and just, like, set up shop somewhere, and that's the end of their story. <laughs> you know? They become yeah, yeah. fabulously wealthy by deceiving people and backing yeah, it up with King muscle. basically said, I'm going to kill you unless you go do this. Oh, Hevroth isn't really involved with that. But there's really nothing stopping us from walking away from. It's the true. <laughs> it's true. Hmm. You can oh go God. rogue. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Flint. What was difficult about Flint? Uh, finding my place in the party. You know, two full uh, arcs in is tough, but. Um, I feel like you did it really well, though. I, I think I, I think I did it pretty well. I agree. Also, uh, just, just because you, you can't neglect the fact that there are, there was a total personality change. Yeah. But you don't want to overplay it because then it's just like burdensome for everyone to, um, have to oh yeah you're like a different person as flint which now. i struggled with yeah so i think that finding that balance early on was something i was super cognizant of but after after we got out of like call college and nightshade and into the horn it was like you know, by the time we got to the horn, it was like fresh start. Like Flint can do whatever Flint wants to do, kind of thing, and there isn't going to be the burden of um, taking over a character that you didn't sort of put into situations that they were previous previously in. So that nice. was uh, that was a lot of a lot. I, I, I wouldn't say difficult, but it was something that I had to think about. A lot of uh, navigating. Early on. Yeah. Um, but that question kind of leads into another listener question. 
which is with each of your characters and with Jordan's NPCs, how much of character personality was planned beforehand and how much was just created as events transpired? So how much did we each create our characters' personalities and how much of it, I guess, the character development aspect of it? Uh, let me let me give a hopefully fairly succinct answer for NPCs. And the answer is it depends. <laughs> because <laughs> for some arcs, uh, and I the way that I created each of the arcs varied the whole way through the entire campaign. There were some where I, like, like Call College was one where I wrote out every place, every person, everything they knew, um, basic personality traits. And then there were others where I had a list of maybe some places and some names, and that was about it. And so in those cases, the characters were, you know, their personalities and traits were just kind of developing as we went. But um, sometimes I had a little bit of a background, others I didn't. And for example, uh, Piper was one that I didn't even have a name written down. It was just like random bartender. God, that, <laughs> uh, I mean, just so wow, weird. that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't even actually have it written down that there would be a bartender character. I just knew there was a bar at the Purple Whale, and that was it. <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. How about for your characters? Because they were a little more well thought out than most of mine. Were they? <laughs> Uh, Flint's, uh, the, so can you restate the question for me, your honor? <laughs> yeah. With, with each of your characters, how much character personality was planned before and how much was just created from events? Uh, yeah. So the happy-go-lucky, uh, sort of carefree attitude of Flint was very much planned from when I overtook the character. The introspective and more uh, serious aspects of Flint, namely after Felosial essentially died after fighting Keldon, uh, was totally as a result of what happened. Uh, so I I never planned on having sort of any serious aspect to Flint's character development uh, if it if it wasn't for the events that transpired. So I was going to say Mace Corps, some of it was pre-planned. I mean, some of the, the gist of who he was was already, I wrote that initially. Um, but I think most of him, I mean, we've been doing this for three years, so I think he just kind of settled um, and developed as is, you know, at first, like he hated orcs. And I remember there was a, there was a, uh, I think after the first campaign or we were going towards, there was a, Jordan, you set up like a small encounter with like orcs, like ravaged the house and like we like murdered yeah. them. And like, I think at the end of the campaign, end of campaign, Mayscore would not necessarily do that. Um, so, you know, there is some character development, which is credit to, you know, credit to Jordan to, like, also helping us, like, evolve them as the story went on and not just being like, I'm just going to keep killing orcs and <laughs> screw you. You hated yeah. orcs so much. Yeah. I think along, Josh, you hated, or yeah. 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 Hated both orcs, of you. Right? yeah, 
Yeah. So Jandard. 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 Um, so. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. You know, I, but any good story, your character changes. Yeah. I, I think for a great story. <laughs> I think very similar to um to what 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 you said, Hills. I, I felt like I had some stuff planned, but like I said, I, I ended up changing my, my character kind of halfway through, and I had some basics that I knew that I wanted. Um, but it just kind of like whatever whatever felt natural. Um, and I guess in a, in a lot of ways, some some of the bigger stuff I think I, I had to plan um and kind of stick to, but. In a lot of ways, like you said, I've been doing this for three years, so whatever felt natural, just kind of like in the moment, um, is what led me to make the choices that I made for him. Uh, I think going back, again, it was, Felicia was just kind of going to be the root for the group as the fighter, and I played her as a very dumb, gullible person for the first little while, but then... Yeah, I think it's the character development for each person where we got not other personalities, but just, I don't know, improved our characters to be better peoples. Yeah. Yeah. What you said. Sure, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think all the changes that happened were like pretty, pretty positive. Yeah, I don't Which, think I any. Mean, they don't. You know. They don't have to be, but they no. they just yeah. ended up that way. And I don't think any of us planned to have a, an admirable character arc. I think they just sort of ended up that way, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm feeling out the plot and the story, and uh, I don't know, making it feel more complete. Yeah, and I think my tone for the story was always like a good against evil kind of thing. But I think if you all had really pushed with your character development to like make it into some kind of anti-hero or like, you know, some other vibe, I would have definitely gone with that. But I think that it just seemed to work that we would keep this arc or, you know, the whole campaign concept was a very like, well, fairly black and white kind of situation. Very like Star Wars type thing. Yeah. Got any other questions? I do. So this is a listener question from me, because I'm a listener too. Outside of Piper and Francis, who, in your opinion, was the most underrated NPC? Underrated. Mm. Uh, underrated. Underrated. We all rated Officer Jerry so high, yeah. so he can't be yeah. on the list. Who, who do you Same think deserved more Brandy. credit? Uh, deserved more credit. Billion. As a character, or like because of their contributions to the story, or or kind of open for interpretation. Open for interpretation. Billiam. Mm. Yeah, he he showed up in a lot of places. The the the, the tenacity of Billiam <laughs> and the ability to bounce back <laughs> is so admirable. It's hard for me not to say Billiam. I mean there. Especially with him, there was no reason for us to really hate him, I don't think. We, I I don't even know what, what his first interaction with us was, but... He was, it, a, he was a bandit in the woods uh, on your way to try to rescue Kilara from the cultists, and you let him live. And then we That's saw him at right. the crossroads, and... I guess he was the only one of them that we didn't kill because we did kill a lot of people straight up when we started. But 
I think you guys might have been the baddies. I, we might <laughs> we have been very much were at that point. Like. But yeah, his resilience <laughs> is underappreciated, and we still hated him <laughs> at the end, even though we had changed him for the good. He helped us learn how to like burgle. He taught us how to fight. We locked him in a trunk. We uh, Flint didn't even have a relationship with him, and he was just like, "You fucker! Like, get out of here!" <laughs> yeah, we stole his ship. Yeah, like we did so much bad stuff to that guy, and his resilience un unmeasurable. Yeah, it's hard for me to come up underrated. Wow. Uh. You feel so stupid for not being able to come up with, like, more examples. I have two. But there have been Maybe so many Draxar? NPCs. There have been so many NPCs. Draxar, so listening back to The Great Divide, which I'm doing right now, Draxar, Draxar is a homeboy. He's a ride or die, I think. <laughs> He's got some rough edges, but... It wasn't always. He was being... His brain was being manipulated by the staff, or the whatever you have. What did you did you have a staff? Scepter. Scepter. Yeah, Scepter. Scepter. So he was being manipulated by that, and yeah, I would say another. He could be considered underrated. I have two, so I'm gonna consider. I know I said no, Francis, but I feel like Woody Mossman was slightly different Ooh. than mm. Francis. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think Woody Mossman was underrated just because we treated. Woody so badly, but ended up <laughs> wanting to help us and like probably got us through the the, the maze. Uh, and the second one, and this is um, going to be very controversial. Um, and I, oh, I'm I forgetting how. Oh burial. my god, I can no, feel the hair sticking up um, on the back of my neck. God, uh, I'm forgetting her name. God. Oh no, I, I remember now. Lanira. Hmm. I think Lanira was underrated because Lanira was kind of like the patron saint of our whole story and um and like helped us and gave us some cool stuff and like that's our home base and um we never really got to to I feel like she was she did more for the story than she lost a child and just kept moving on for the good of the people I I think that yeah from Flint through me, it was hard to garner a lot of, like, yeah. So, me playing Flint, it's hard for me to have a lot of affection for really anybody at Green Hall. Yeah. Um, You weren't there for the beginning of it. Yeah, exactly. So, I feel like that was more so, like, me bleeding into the character. uh, But probably is why I wouldn't have thought of really anybody at Green Hall to be underrated. She was there from the beginning to the end. She was part of the first war. Mm. Yeah, I think (laughs) I'd say as a constructive criticism for myself, I think that something I would try to do in future campaigns would be to introduce fewer 
major NPCs and have a few that are like a bigger part of whatever our story is. But it's it's like really difficult, right? Because you have to have people that anchor you to an overarching goal, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a challenge. Like, like obviously Nim, you had to have as like th- this person that fucked everyone. well kind of fucked everyone's life up to lead them to save the world kind of thing well i want to know what his impetus was was he like was he like a crazy man i've got to turn into a rat and burn this village down (laughs) you know like i was gonna say i i can give you some insight into him that you may not love which is that that was never a part of the story plan until uh, gosh, when was it? It was, I guess, I think I came up with that concept. The Bridge of Fates? Yeah, was that, yeah, that was where we explored some of your pasts, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And, yes, that was I feel like you was placed it. an animal in all of those. I did. Uh, But it was still, like, a forming idea. And I hadn't really decided exactly how I was going to play it. And I, I had a thought that maybe it was just Pan himself interacting with each of you and you were actually all on this druidic path, whether you knew it or not. Or maybe mm. it was Lanira, or maybe it was like all of the druids that were kind of part of it. Like I thought about having each animal in the extended flashback turn into like a different one of the druids you had met. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. But I felt a like when we got to the. Did you you all saw a flashback of Keldon rescuing Lanira, right? I think I just did. Maybe just you. Well, when I kind of figured out based on like ages and stuff that Nim would have been like the only person who was a grown, fully formed person during that original war, uh, minus the people of Call College who were like trapped in this time warp. Um, but I thought that he was the only one in the outside world that could have really been pulling the strings. And there was a moment where I was like thinking maybe he's in league with Matarua and Zargon. Maybe he's like trying oh, to get you man. all to bring these weapons to them so that they can use them to dominate the world. Like I kind of went back and forth on exactly what his involvement was going to be. But um, in the end, I think striking the like he's he was doing what was necessary, but not what anyone wanted. Um, you know, or he, you know, intentionally had to ruin your lives to save the greater, you know, population. So I think that's always, that's always a compelling character in any story for me. Oh yeah. I, um, I also really liked Jackie Talladega, um, <laughs> the regular, <laughs> he was good. regular human man or something, whatever you said. Yeah, oh, regular human I thought, yes, I thought he, yeah, I knew, uh, he, I thought he was so funny. I really enjoyed that, that, that character. Well, I hope the writers of What We Do in the Shadows don't listen to this because <laughs> he was absolutely ripped straight from that show. I highly well, listening. But well, if you yeah. are, sue us. Yeah, we don't have any money. Just send a <laughs> worded, worded cease and desist. That will do. Yes. Yeah, that'll be enough. Yeah, that'll scare yeah. us well, enough to never do D&D again. Luckily, I can't come fucking close to a Matt Berry impression, so nobody would know that that's who I was basing the character on. New York City. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> that's, that's like I can only do, though. like, a couple of phrases, but... 
He had so much charisma. I was wondering if we do another D&D 5e based campaign, what class would you hope to play as? Hmm. I know. Uh, I would definitely play a paladin that has like an un like it's so cheesy, and I've heard like a lot of YouTubers, like D and D related YouTubers, who were like, "Okay, you don't have to be the lawful good paladin." I think it would be super fun to start out with like a paladin who has this ultra purist creed, and then have it kind of break down as a, as the 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 kind of campaign unfolds like there's like little chinks in the armor of their belief system and by the end of it they're like way closer to like a normal guy compared to like whatever <laughs> a sort godly of evangeli- man yeah like an evangelized version that they started out <laughs> with and i feel like this could be the same class you play in the side campaign if you wanted to. Wait, is the side campaign on patreon.com slash this is how we roll? Is that... That is <laughs> That's where right. it is. Oh, okay. Wow. That's, that I wasn't sure. Okay. Um, where you can find hours of extra content. <laughs> um, I... And I'm kind of doing this on the side campaign, as we've uh, previously discussed. Uh, I just want to play um, just like a super... like barbarian like brute type who just kind of like goes and just like hacks at people because having to keep track of like spells and spell counters and have to have to read through all these spells that i had at the end um was uh very challenging so just kind of being able to go in just like an attack with a sword or an axe is a nice change of pace i get that um i agree i think i'd either want to be a fighter or a barbarian just like I've done the range thing and um, like the spells are a little bit and he Mace had a decent amount of spells. So like I want to do just someone who like gets up in your face and chops people down. Yeah. And I think I'd be the opposite. I would be a magic person, which I I think that that spans a lot of classes because you could do I could do a full druid, which is magic. Um a wizard, a warlock, a cleric. I think those would be... And then a sorcerer. So, like, one of those. But someone more magic-heavy, I think, would be fun to play. But it depends if you want to be more of a fighter or a support person as them. Yeah, I think uh, more of a support character could be interesting to play like clerics Uh, can be very cool it just takes a while for some of them to get to the point of yeah there's like always the curve of like power versus level kind of thing where i think fighters and barbarians are strong to begin with and pretty strong to end with but a magic user starts kind of weak yeah, like super squishy. and But then can yeah. become the most powerful person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I would... If you weren't a broken bard. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I was just sitting here and thinking, like, I am 
even after playing Morthos, you know, a handful of times, and I, I didn't get to play him as well, it's not like it was a privilege for you all to play as the same characters for three and a half fucking years. But if uh, if I played for longer with him, I might be like ready to leave that behind. But I do, I am like naturally drawn toward like the Bardic type character, I think. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if we're going to get into like a little therapizing situation here, I would say I. I, that tells me that there's like part of me that really uh, wishes that I had more of the like arts and stuff in my life like I used to when I was a younger person. Um, and I, I miss performing and I miss like that kind of stuff. So I, I'd say that's probably where that tendency comes from. And I, I kind of wish that I could just like smooth talk my way through life, which I can't really do. <laughs> well, so. well, I, well. <laughs> as your sister, I feel like uh, his character, while extreme, is very similar to what you are and what you have been with uh, the performances and honestly smooth talking and things like that. There's Me something knowing- to be said about yeah about about having you know that that was sort of like a thing with flint it was like okay how do i balance having skills that are really beneficial in combat but also skills that are super beneficial in the role-playing aspect yeah because to lie to people and to steal from people in a role-playing non-initiative uh opens up you're constantly in the game kind of thing, you know? Uh, so I totally get the draw of wanting to be able to like, yeah, actually that might talk your way through. I was gonna say that may be part of it that I really love the role play side of the game. And I think that Mm. any, any character I could play that has some things I can use in those situations would be great. That said, I think just to shake things up, I would love one of my next characters to be someone that is, a really bad mix of race and class. So, for example, a like an orcish wizard. rogue. Yeah, I was gonna say like a, a gnome barbarian or a mm. uh, oh, yeah. or like uh, God, I don't even know, like like a Goliath rogue. Like I'm sneaking around, but I'm like eight and a half feet tall, and you know, like that. Right. I, like, I feel like that yeah, like, stuff yeah. could be pretty. A seven funny. and a half foot dragonborn. That's a fucking a rogue. Just yeah, he just like hides. Well, and I think it would be funny to like, <laughs> and this is like, maybe it's it's as a reaction to Morthos's skills being super beneficial in the situations I like being in. That I think it would be funny to like build them so that their stats don't even support the class that they are, and so they're just like a kid who grew up thinking I really want to be this, but really their natural tendency would take them in another direction. But like, they still got into the world of being like a barbarian, even though they're like the biggest wuss in their school class and stuff. Your strength (laughs) is really high, but you're a wizard. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like I'm all constitution and strength, baby intelligence seven. I'm a wizard. Yeah, 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 you just like, you're just like so fucking beefy, but you're just tossing fireballs. And like, yeah, they never hit. And like, I feel like that's kind of what Piper was as a uh, paladin. Y- oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, she was totally mismatched. So that, that would be, I may, I may try to play around with that a little bit and find like a funny, like, almost like hard to play combination but at the same time it could like really lead to some character development at some point when i decide to multi-class and actually like go with what makes sense um but yeah 
Um, I had a I, I had a question. I want to know. So we all played as a different or as a as a, as, a, as a new character during our individual characters like uh, arcs. Like when I played as mm. when I played Stony. So what was your favorite part about playing as someone that wasn't your main character? Doesn't have to be like you know if you were. Uh, Zeus or Rasputin or whatever, but but just you know, if you play a different character, what was your favorite part about playing that that other character? Playing Francis was so cool because it was. I just assumed his personality, and I don't know whether that's what anybody else expected, but it was straight laced. Somebody who had a goal, who was like. It was so different from Flint, so it was it was really cool to play just like somebody who had good intentions, but like wasn't a stiff. But the the cool thing about being, I guess, like quote unquote, an NPC in another main character's arc is you're not driving the story. Like, you're there to just, like, compliment what they're doing. So it was just, it was cool to pay, play kind of like Francis as a straight-laced person who's, like, there to aid Felosial kind of thing. Um, yeah, that was that was awesome. Uh, for me, my favorite moment as for playing Stony was all, like, the president stuff. Alex, remember all the different president masks? And oh stuff? yeah, I oh, I just my God, listened it was to that again so yesterday. funny. It's like Millard Fillmore and Franklin Pierce and um, <laughs> Sto- the Stony character was so good, so it was, so he good. Was, he was good. Oh, it, it was oh, so funny because I just had like a little bit of things, and I was I remember sitting there the night before being like, "How the fuck am I going to play this guy?" And I was like, "Well, we'll just see what happens." And that just kind of came out. Uh, like super broy, just got, like you know, but like very, very yeah. loyal to to Flint, and you can kind of see where Flint gets like his like whatever laissez faire, like casual side from. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that whole experience, like going through like all the presidents and stuff, was just so funny. Yeah, re-listening to like the uh, Flint and Stony walking back to. Uh, the big cathedral area where the professor or, or sorry, the inventor <laughs> was like set in a cage all night <laughs> and being like, oh, okay, I, I'm going to go get my roads on. And then you be like, can you announce me? And Flint being like, uh, now presenting the judge. And then the fucking funniest thing was, <laughs> was when you were like, you have been arrested for this. And then the the inventor goes, can I mount a defense? And you go, silence, prisoner. <laughs> so good. So many aspects of Sony were, Stony were just so oh. good. Oh, I loved it. Silence, prisoner. <laughs> Jordan off. <laughs> oh my God, it was so good. Yeah, you were in oh, the moment boy. then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was great. I think I liked playing as um uh Zeus. Um Yeah. It, Wait, Rasputin. Rasputin, Rasputin. I got I got them confused. Rasputin just because it was a different di- different dynamic with with Dresden than like Mace Core was, so it was good to just know that um 
just kind of experience it with with you, Josh, and just um, mm-hmm. he was a fleeting character with with sound that wasn't gonna come gonna like he wasn't gonna speak anytime soon. So right, um, you know, just whatever I wanted. So it was kind of fun. My favorite part of of playing Rasputin was at the end when like you kept uh like I had to make the cross like I had to cross this bridge on my own and. You were doing something with like trying to like set a spark. Do you know what I'm talking about, Helsey? Yeah. Um, it yeah. was. Ugh. Oh, you like you like cut the bridge off, yes. didn't you? Yes. Cut the bridge and then drew a smiley face in the <laughs> air. And let him yes, they okay. came. Drew yeah. a smiley yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, that was so good. <laughs> so good. The uh, the whole thing before you know figuring out what you were gonna do with Madaru's like last task, and then like Rasputin going and trying to like barter with Madara and <laughs> coming back with the word trust and you know Rasputin essentially being like I don't know Tristan yeah, I feel I like you should probably just you know just do what she says <laughs> kind of thing like it, that whole interaction was so good yeah. I I think for Yara something I liked was it felt very much like my personality where she is she's very introverted and wanted to be alone, but at the same time, she was very uh, glad to be able to help Mace Core and the people of the hearth, but was also very happy being left alone or finding her w- own ways to kind of separate, but still be able to help. Yeah, I feel like there was a moment of panic about Yara being put on the council and, yeah. you know, just like, being like, no, succe- please, just succe- let yeah. me sit here and <laughs> this, out, The succession plan and everything. Yeah. Just let yeah. me sit here, please. Well, our whole plan for that succession went to crap whenever Juniper died because I think she was the one who was supposed to take over if people died. <laughs> right, right. Anyway. I was going to say that I think that the way that you played the two of them as siblings was pretty good. Um, and I think both of you having siblings growing up probably Wait, helped cousins, a little bit. cousins, right? Uh, no, Yara was Macecore's sister. Twin sister. Oh, but uh, the queen... Ivy, uh, Ivy is Macecore's cousin. Is, yeah, is a cousin. Right, 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 right. Jeez, right, right. get it right, Alex. I Come killed you. Yeah, yeah. I'm such a fucking dumb. He's still listening through it. <laughs> yeah, he's still... That's right. Yeah, and I I think I do think that dynamic that's true. It was pretty good because Macecore was definitely more outgoing and Yara was more to herself, but together they knew what each other were trying to say essentially. But even like when you were traveling or battling or anything, it seemed like you two kind of had like a little back and forth with like how skilled or unskilled you were and I think initially it was like, oh, Yara's this like spry monk type character and you were just like running circles around him out there in the wild. Yeah. Um, and then you get back into like the court and it's like his arena, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Did you, uh, I guess, well, one thing I would say is that I wrote up a pretty skeletal background or like information for you all to have as those characters. So I just want to say that I think you all absolutely crushed playing those characters because they were important to the story, but um, I didn't give you a whole lot to work with and I wanted to see what you would come up with. And it was like so much better than I thought it would be. Yeah. I think that was a very fun aspect of. Oh yeah. And just the separate stories was honestly a lot of fun. Yeah, agree. I concur. Yeah. Focusing on each of us. I managed it. 
<laughs> I wouldn't say it was the most fun part of the story for me, but it was it was good. It was but good. When it turned it out well. all came together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Came together in a very epic way. That editing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that really saved it. Yeah. Um we have another listener question. We have two of those left. All right. Um, the next one that I feel like makes most sense is what moment slash twist in this entire campaign took you most by surprise? Mm. And I have to say, Nim. That was and I think Nim I, was a wild one. I think which, it's okay to be for fair, more people to agree on that one. Yeah, that was... So I think that the first realization of Matarua being like the actual BBG yes. was pretty wild. Especially for you and me, because that was my yes, side. Because that was a yeah, that was a Felocial Francis duo like realization. Yeah. But then f- Nim to Yeah. Having all of us gone through the backstories and you know, added the emotional uh, baggage mass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of like the backstories, and then to have Nim play a part in that was uh, just mind blowing. Yeah, I think I it, just I think it has to be Nim. Just remembering you, Jordan, just going through each of those memories with me. Shocking. Oh, when did we do that? I don't remember doing that. At the Bridge of Fate? Uh, No, at the end when I drank from the pool and we found... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, yeah, I, like, described them again, but this time from the animal's perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I was was not expecting that, and I feel like you talked about some aspects of the whole thing with me, but... I kept it vague, though. You didn't know it was coming. Was not expecting that. I don't even know. Wait, what was Nim's motivation for actually like coming clean about that? Like, I just have to tell you this before I die. Yeah, I think he felt racked with guilt because he would have used Fucked the pool of knowledge to like keep an eye on your lives after he set you on this path. Um, and essentially, he was just like hand guided by um, Pan to help you all reach this point. So it was like. You know, in a world of chaos, all he had to do was give you a push in most cases. Um, That said, I think if I had been more thoughtful about it, I could have had him show up in like later flashbacks in your lives too, without you realizing. But I I didn't honestly (laughs) have the time to figure that out. Um, But yeah, I think his motivation was that he foresaw like this devastating future in which these gods overtook the planet and I think, or the plane, I should say, I, we never really established that you were on a planet. Um, yeah. The earth is flat in the Finn That's right. And then, um, you know, the pool would have shown him like, well, through pan's knowledge, it would have shown him there's like a way to do this, but you have to basically sacrifice some good things in these people's lives for the greater good. Yeah. And I think, yeah, for his, his confession was just like he was gravely wounded and had essentially enough of Pan's power to like essentially kill himself by transforming himself to save Felocial and her friends one last time. Do you think he knew he was going to do that? 
I don't know. It's a good question. Although he did tell you to hold his hand. I don't know if he I don't know if he expected to like it. yeah, to, to to die in that way, but I think that he was very much like a our stories are written type philosopher, like, you know, no not necessarily believing in free will. I think he would just like do what he was told. This is sort the way. of a sort of a <laughs> clockmaker <laughs> point of view. Yeah. And yes, this this was the way. This was not the way. Was that your one Matt or did you have something else that was I had something else um other than I think the first one was obviously Nim so like that is I think Matarua I think um was definitely one but like obviously playing through the story like the Nim thing I was like holy shit I didn't even think about that um the other one which I think maybe just applied to me was during call college of finally getting the <laughs> The um, the uh, slogan right about all that glitters is, mm. oh, is not yeah. gold. Um, it's gold. gold. <laughs> and we just spent so. Or, much yeah, all the glitters is not that. gold. Yeah. Oh, and also just the Laszlo's angel tower actually being, like the the statue was actually. Oh, being yeah. a tower. Was, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was goal. actually. It's yeah, um, it's been so long since that, but that was a good twist. That was a really, like, a twist in terms of, like, like I just wasn't, I was like, oh, shit, like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it's like we had tunnel vision solving puzzles that we didn't even, like, think about that being a possibility. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good call. Does any other twists? have any other questions if not i have one I have, final one i have one i have one for all of you which is what was your favorite setting that i laid out for you in the whole campaign like was there a town was there a place was there like a particular part of an arc in a certain setting that just like really grabbed you um what what did you like like what was the best place that mm. you were um, one Licky Splicky. Duh. <laughs> uh, I didn't even think about Licky Splicky. God. Like, can you imagine what one. the rest of that world is like? Oh, it's whimsical and amazing. <laughs> it must be in the Bay Wilds somewhere. Um, I think yeah. the, the horn, I would love to just explore the horn. The horn was, was definitely mine, I think. I can't. Yeah, the horn. The horn had so much intrigue and commerce and like political nonsense and different factions, and it was just the horn was so good. Well, I think going back to Daggersford would be interesting. Small town. Yeah. Now that we're basically gods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me. It was Call College. Uh, just the details on the map and just like all the different places to go and the fact that it looked, you know, basically like a college and just um, all the playing that must have gone into it. I, I just, I remember being blown away when I saw the, the map of Call College the first time. I was like, how the fuck are we supposed to do this? It's just, there's <laughs> so many things. There's so many well things. So for, that's for me. Is Call College my favorite place? I I have to I think I have to agree with with Josh. I think Call College. I mean I know there were maps that you created before, but like that was just so detailed. I felt so immersed 
in yeah. it like I never before. Um, I also liked the bank heist in the hearth, but that's like a separate thing. Um, but uh, but like I would l- the library in Qual College. Yeah, t- scenery wise, I think Qual College just set. It was just so comprehensive. Yeah. There you go, Jordan. Did you want that? You yeah, that? yeah, no, that's good. Uh, I feel like uh, I I agree that I think you know if I were to choose, it would probably be one of the two that I think you all gravitated toward, and they kind of had different vibes because, uh, like I was saying before, I prepared them very differently. Um, but I also think those were some of our later arcs, and I think we were getting better at this as we went. And yeah, call, I I was I will give myself a pat on the back for call college in that I have worked in schools for a really long time, uh, in boarding schools specifically. And I think thinking about like, what would the characters be at a school? Like that was super easy for me. Um, which is probably why I ended up with like 40 NPCs with actual backstories. Are you telling me that Licky Splicky is not at the top? Oh, that was so I, I, someone can ask me this question and then I'll answer it and we'll pretend that it was organic. Um, what were my best improvs throughout the campaign? (laughs) What were your best improvs throughout the campaign? Oh, thanks Josh. That's a very thoughtful question. Um, let me think that through. Uh, so I would say Licky Splicky was probably number one. Piper has got to be up there. Piper's right up there. Piper was an improvised character. Um, Billiam Willards was an improvised character. Oh um, that he's such a tool. Lou Langford and Luke were improvised. Mm. Oh yeah, um, yeah, they were great. The Brotherhood of the F- Sword of Umberly was improvised. Um, was Grammy improvised? Oh man, great question. I actually am not sure. I think I may have introduced her as like just a method to get you inside the hearth. Um. And I feel like even like introducing relatives of Mace Cores wasn't necessarily something I had really planned. I think the Barringtons and the Clothingtons were very much planned. Oh god, yeah, all the town guards' names were not planned, that's for sure. Um Kerpal was an improvisation. Um The best ones. You could kind I mean, you could probably target a lot of my improvs. They were t- tend to be the silly things that happened. Um, or like the really weird names, like stupid names that I came up with. Um, yeah. Would would you ever do a one shot in Licky Splicky? I mean, for sure. Yeah, I think that could be really fun. I think God, I would only play as a rat person. I was gonna say we'd have we to come up with your characters. People. Like, what's the setting? I we may need one returning actual character from our campaign to like ground it in the reality, but uh, Sparkle Purse. That's <laughs> true. It could be like the tale of Sporklepuss, the knight of Licky Splicky. Sporklepuss Junior has gone missing. Oh my god! Oh, what a great, what a great plot across this kingdom of Licky Splicky. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there were any others that like stuck around. I'm sure there were, but I think those are probably the highlights. All right, DM, we'll put you in the hot seat. Mm. No more stroking your ego. All right. All right. What was your opinion of all of the player characters by the end of the uh, the arc? 
Ooh, good question. The, the, the whole the whole campaign. What was your opinion? Who of do them? you think the real hero was? <laughs> Ooh. The real hero of the whole thing was friendship as a concept. Uh, Keldon. Keldon had a pivotal role to play. Yeah, that's true. So I guess the yeah, it's interesting because Keldon and Nim are the carryovers from the original war. They played some small roles in this time around, but obviously you all were were the ones who got. Now here's I would say, I would say that. After this, I'll get onto your actual characters, but I would say that Piper played a super important role in the end to sort of add some humanity to the whole world for the three or for the four of you, and like give yeah. you something to fight for. She's the like sort of unremarkable but lovable character that you know you can think about when you're trying to put yourself in harm's way and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think all of you developed nicely and who was the best because <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i think we had a very good group dynamic by the end where we've got a little bit of chaos and lack of morality from flint but also you know he has a change of heart to come back um the split there like when we split, I thought that the story really hit a high point in terms of your character development, because it was like everybody has to now decide what can they do, what will they do, uh, will they run away, will they come back, will they, et cetera, et cetera. Like you had to overcome personal hurdles in Felosial's case. You had to uh, <laughs> literally make the greatest sacrifice you can if you're Dresden, um, you know, killing himself, which content-wise, I. I had questions about whether we should do something like that just because I feel like suicide is such a like taboo subject, but we did it anyway. Um, we did. Um, we went there. and then, you know, in Mace Corps, I think I always looked at as like, if anybody in the party would end up contributing a lot to society after this, it would probably be him. Yeah. Um, he's like the sure. Aragorn of the party, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. And not just because he's a ranger, but like, you know, he's <laughs> because he kicked a helmet and actually broke his toe. That's right. Did, Did you, you guys know? know that he actually broke his toe? Are out of all of us, are there any of us you were concerned wouldn't get to a good place from the start? Like we all started not great. Like way back at the beginning? Yeah. No, I think I guess well, the only thing that I thought about and we've already talked about it a little bit tonight was that I think the way that we came into the game a little bit green on all of this stuff and not knowing how it worked in a long-form campaign, I was a little bit worried that some of your background stuff was informing more of your, your play and your character choices than the setting that I was giving you, if that makes sense. Um, but I also think your characters weren't like, newborn children when they started in this campaign so they would have had some baggage from their past adventures and stuff but i think that that quickly faded when we started getting into like even like the first training montage where i feel like it was like okay now you've like picked up some skills that you're going to use in this campaign and like that kind of stuff um i really didn't have any concern so nobody worried me that much i i questioned a few times whether dresden would survive <laughs> if I'm being honest, just because I feel like Josh is like uh, 
put very his neck somewhere it shouldn't casual be. use of deadly spells <laughs> in in his teammates' <laughs> right. proximity and his own was kind of like there like a mirror situation or like oh uh, god yeah he cast disintegrate when you were in call college at one point and he almost killed himself sure did um, That's right. sure did but I feel like on the that golden door I I kind of reached like by the end of call college I was reaching the point with your character choices where I was like, you know what? If someone makes choices now that end up getting them killed, we're going to have to let it stand. Right. Um, yeah. And so the story from that point forward was really not designed to necessarily keep you alive, but I think you all made pretty good choices from that point forward for the most part. I think I'm excited to start a new campaign of some kind where we don't have backstories as detailed as we kind of had to start. Because I do think we tried to go into super detail because we thought that's what we were supposed to do. But it was stuff we didn't actually want to go with. Or stuff you got tired of. Yeah. It's fun to play like this super rigid character for one session. Yeah, you know, that's definitely true. I feel like if we... That'll be a benefit. So now maybe we can turn... Oh, wait. Do we have one more listener question first? We we do, but it's a good one to kind of end it on. Okay. I was going to say, if we want to look ahead just for a moment, I think one thing that will be nice if we kind of stick to the shorter form adventures for a little while is that you can make some more... Um, restrictive Vague. character choices oh oh sorry sorry opposite well well i mean i think we kind of mean the same thing like if i choose a character that i for me would be a challenge to like really play someone who's like not smooth talking at all and is like super serious all the time um i could definitely get into that for like a short burst yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i could not oh, get yeah. into that for years like Hefroth. <laughs> I have a good time playing Hevroth over at patreon.com slash He's very serious and nothing like me as a person or Flint as a character. Uh, He's very practical. He likes working as long as it pays decent. And uh, Go listen. I I was going to say, you know, I actually knew all of that because I am a member over at... uh, Patreon.com slash this is how we roll. Yeah, don't say. <laughs> Check out the show notes for the link. Do you want the last question from our listeners? Yeah, why don't we do that? And then maybe we can just give like a very brief uh, trailer for whatever we've got in the hopper. For Patreon.com slash this is how we roll? Yes. That oh. too. That too. Wow. Hours of extra content. Maps and more. Um, yeah, you know that super detailed call college map that was just referenced. Yeah. You can it's have that in you HD. Can see that, except you can for as little as a dollar a month. And fuck you, you can subscribe for a month and download <laughs> it as a PNG. I mean, it's we're not true. gonna fucking stop you. Yeah, Who the fuck very are true. We to stop you from that. <laughs> Do it. You won't. Um, last listener question: Would you ever consider going down? to Twitch streaming or YouTube Avenue for the next season? Ooh, interesting question. I think, honestly, I'm going to pass that over to our IT guy who gets paid two cents a month, uh, Alex. On a good month. We could totally do that. And uh, technologically, it is totally possible. Whether we can 
Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to say that we would get kicked off of any platform <laughs> for anything that we would say, but because but. Um, I think that largely <laughs> we're pretty a respectful group. Um, I I would I would wonder if we would feel a little awkward in a live setting, mm. um, but. I think that awkwardness is this. I feel like you would shake off that awkwardness in the same way that you shake off the awkwardness of role playing a character for the first time. Like it's not normal, or I guess I shouldn't say it's not normal. It's not, (laughs) it doesn't feel like quite as natural to hop on a Zoom call and voice act a seven foot dragonborn barbarian, right? Yeah. Like that's not it's not like supernatural to do that, but you shake off the like unnatural part of that. I think that that would be I I actually do have a Twitch channel uh that I've only streamed to once uh for a, a Do you want to plug that? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want anyone to see anything <laughs> related to that. Um cuz there's nothing on there to see. But it's doable. Uh, it's it's doable, and it would just uh, be a question of whether we would consider it, which I would as a player. Maybe, yeah, I was going to say, I'm curious to hear others' opinions. I think if other people wanted to try it, I would be down to try it. The one thing I would say is that I work in education, and... <laughs> I don't think we've said or done anything on here that is that problematic, but I do like being able to be a little bit more freewheeling with my sense of humor in these moments than I am in a work setting and something that adds to my security when considering how to act. There's a safety blanket. Is that my face is not on the internet with me saying things. Yeah. That's Um, true. Yeah. There's a safety blanket of no face and uh, the editing if you really need a backstop, which I don't think we really have, but... Um, I am 100% anyway. on the same page as you, Jordan, as also some of that is in education. <laughs> I don't need uh, necessarily need my voice and my face on the internet saying things, so... We could, however, do the... What is it? V2? We could do the v- VTubers. Yeah. Yeah, where, where it's just like an character. avatar kind of thing, you know. Oh, okay. Avatar. I was going to say, I don't know what that means, but if if there's any way to... Uh, well, so, okay, I guess as a follow-up to my comment, I would say I think if we decided to try it, I can definitely keep it together, you know, for like a trial run to see how it goes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yes. in, in all ways. I'm going to agitate everyone. Both, here's to the troops. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Both sides. I, I mean, I kind of echo i think i'd be willing to try it limitedly but you know it kind of reduces i mean as as reservations have been shared like we just want to make something fun so like if we have to be you know we're not we're not there's i don't think anything i mean we we joke but there's nothing that i think we actually intently or or mean so you know i think i might just end up taking away from how we interact with each other. Yeah. Cause ultimately this is like 
a super fun weekly thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And it would be less, and it, it would be even, even less enjoyable to listen to if we weren't having fun doing it. I, I, I feel like <laughs> if we were to try. <laughs> I love how much you had to emphasize how it would, if you can believe it, it would be even less fun to listen to. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I kid. I kid. I feel like if we were going to try this, it would be for like a holiday one shot. Yeah, it would be like, it would be like probably one off. the like, B2 yeah. thing on. Yeah, and if we don't immediately have over ten thousand viewers, then we're never doing it again. So I mean, that's... then I will, then I will so never do it. Twitch, call Jeff Bezos, tell him to get prepared. Hey, I mean, like, if whoever wants us to do this wants to pay us a hefty monthly subscription, <laughs> um, I'm talking hundreds, if not thousands, hundreds. Let's, let's, uh, we can start small. I will do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> I will sell out to That's literally price, everybody. Any, any ideology. Three hundred dollars a month. I will literally quote anything you want me to. Do you want a cameo of Mace Core singing "Happy Birthday"? You got it. It's all you. <laughs> yeah. You want Flint singing at your bat mitzvah? Yeah. You got it. <laughs> in, in person. <laughs> <laughs> So I think yes. yeah, streaming streaming and YouTube, we would be capable, but in special circumstances with barriers. Yeah. So I think what we're yeah. trying to say is the answer is yes. We'll definitely do that for the next campaign. <laughs> mm, I don't. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't think answer. we will. Yeah. Uh. Well, I'll just give a very quick Reader's Digest version of what we're thinking. Uh. One of our next little projects might be is being in the town of Dalehurst. Mm. Yeah, and we're going to start a whole three-year camp. Where you mm. start a fight with a town's guard for no reason who's trying to eat a pastry. And we're playing it from the... Patreon? Town's guard perspective. <laughs> yeah, Dalehurst... Uh, Dalehurst... Uh, if only the hey, you know where I've heard of that? It, I heard about that over on <laughs> patreon.com slash this is how we roll. Man, we've really fucked up that guy. His pastry, I, I don't know if anybody's jimmies have ever been so rustled. He's coming for you guys. <laughs> I believe it. I actually believe it. We deserve it. Hell hath no fury compared to that of a scorned town's guardsman. Who dropped uh. his pastry. Um, so if you are looking for more content, if we don't have stuff out soon, head on over yeah. to patreon.com. Thinking this Q&A, I mean, we're going to have to decide, are we going to cut this down to be like one 50-minute episode? Because right we're at um, an hour and like 15 minutes on the first one we did. Can you just call these episodes something like, listen to us talk about stuff? Yeah. That sounds perfect. Um... Oh. How's everyone feel about that title? I love it. I love to say the word workshop, <laughs> but in this case, I would not workshop it. <laughs> Listen to us talk about stuff. Or it could be called, This is How We Talk About Stuff. Ooh. This is how we talk about stuff. Like that. When we're rolling. Like that. Campaign one. <laughs> yeah, campaign number one. Episode one of This is How We Talk About Stuff. 
at oh, patreon.com yeah. slash this is that we roll. So, all right. Just to give the listeners uh, a brief glimpse, I think in the next few months, weeks, I don't know how long, um, because, you know, the spring, Hours. spring, summer time, I think that, you know, a lot of us have some big life events coming up. Um, namely, there will be another child born into our family. Um, <laughs> I can't really take that much credit. Heir. It's Alex's child. It'll um, be my heir. His name will my... be Morthos. Boy or That's girl. Right. Yeah, Morthos, Philosial, Dresden, Flint, Summers. <laughs> oh, Macecore doesn't get any namesake. <laughs> no. I did say Macecore in there, didn't I? Uh, I think I it was implied. I see you in Summers. Yeah. Hyphenated. Well, anyways, I think we're going to try some shorter form things. I, I know I've got one that I've been developing that I think we might actually start uh, recording next week. Um, Matt has one he's been thinking about. Matt's been kind of uh, coming up with one. See, this is where we start, though. That's all you need sometimes is a concept. That's right. You just need the pressure. Alex has at least conceptualized of something in a outer space setting. Um, yeah, Keegan with a soundtrack by John Williams. <laughs> Keegan has been working on uh, the side quest, which is what we are currently playing in the weeks that we're playing. Um, and uh and, and uh maybe a side quest with what happened to the artist chasing down Dresden. God, yeah. Oh, what nice. That would be good. Idea. You're you're going to work on that one? I can try to. I love it. If you um, have some ideas you want to throw my way, that would be helpful. And so I think the first one that we're going to work on is this one that I've been working on. It is a I am adapting the D&D 5E program system to fit a gritty real world detective story. Um, and because it's designed to be shorter form, I think it might be pretty wacky and pretty fun. And I think the exact setting is going to ruin some people's you, inner, <laughs> inner child. How and, do you feel about it being more zany than wacky? Uh, we'll talk. <laughs> uh, no, what I'm... was it on like season nine of the office where Andy is like I was going for zany but I was totally manic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, anyways so that's that's the plan I think we're going to probably start working on that soon uh, we may have like a guest star join us um, and uh, it's someone that I have been working with uh, in a D&D setting at the school where I work, which is kind of cool. So he's probably going to join us. We're going to add another detective to our crew as every investigation has. You need at least five detectives. Um, Obviously there I can't mean, be too many cooks in the kitchen. Four of them have a, to a criminal just be investigation. There. Yeah. I mean, at least three of them will have a drinking problem. So you need a couple that are like going to keep their shit together. Need to haze him. Yeah. I'm going to drop my cigarettes in a puddle and be really agitated for the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> So I am excited for all of that coming up. I think, you know, the concept of getting to create new characters a little more often, but also have these stories be enough of a dive in that we can like play as the character and get a little satisfaction from that. It's going to be great. Um, if you have questions in the meantime, or you're looking for content, um, you know, there is a couple places you can find us. Um, look in the show notes, but uh, if you didn't hear it already, 
We've got a Patreon page. <laughs> what? This is brand uh, new information to me. I've never heard of this Are you it sure before. we have the domain? Are you sure? <laughs> Josh, be ready. Are you writing this down? Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me get, let me get a pen and pencil. Okay, I'm ready. Hit me with it. Well, what is it? He's got his typewriter. What is it? Please spell it for Patreon. me. Patreon.com slash this is how we roll. Wow. Okay. Wow. And for just a dollar a month. You get that side campaign, which I honest, I think we've got like 35 episodes or something now. It's like a sizable amount of stuff to listen to, and it's all really fun. And to be honest, the newer stuff is definitely the funniest, so. Yeah. We, I'm not going to give away any spoilers here, I don't think, but we don't make it very far through a linear plot in the side quest on each episode, because when Keegan's running it and there's four of us together or three of us together, we tend to get really into the nitty-gritty on the roleplay. Which is fun. Yeah. It's super fun. It's super fun, and I always I get mean, done really once, I'm like... It makes me wonder Roth... if I'm the issue with our podcast. Eh. Well, we did get through an actual, like, adventure plot over three years, and I think at the pace we're going on the side quest, there's no fucking way we're getting through a big plot in three years. So... Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Things really accelerated when Hevroth burst out of that crate of bananas. It's true. So, you know, we're really getting some direction. And now. when Dr. Kate Rampus came out of the woods. That's right. Uh, for the listeners, you'll learn the definition of woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real learning opportunity. <laughs> Do yourselves a favor and, and listen just for that. And also, have you been wondering where the people of Q are? Ah. Just ask Basil. Well, he knows. <laughs> He's going to find him. Right. <laughs> Final closing thoughts on what an, um, just just a just one hell of a campaign. Snaps to everyone. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah. I think everybody did such a good job. With their characters, obviously tons of credit goes to Jordan for being the DM and sort of guy- putting up the guide rails, you know? I think for where, where... A, a group of people, uh, at least ending, the the five people, three of which are in education, one of which is in charity work. Uh, not, yeah, non-profit communications, non-profit right? stuff, and one of yeah, which is... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, see, wait, Hilsey, if they wanted to help fundraise for us, where could they go? <laughs> uh, the <they're> <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oosh, no. Uh, I oh, think no, they not until, uh, until they agree to sponsor the show, we're not giving them yeah, any shout-outs. I think... I did get a beach towel from them, though, when I donated blood on Monday. You can donate blood. Oh, God, did they, like, not put it in your arm right or something? So No, it was the promo. You can, you can do <laughs> one of two things. You can donate blood, which will go straight to... Uh, so we'll yeah, traffic yeah. it. Patreon.com. Patreon. We'll, <laughs> we'll traffic your blood. Or you can go to www.patreon.com slash this is how we roll. Or, uh, wow. And then you can donate blood and money. <laughs> if you donate blood, we're just going to keep it in Matt's fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yes, send that to P.O. Box. This is how we roll. <laughs> P.O. Box, this is how we roll. It's in South Dakota, so you know it's safe. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, and also having one person who is in grad school, engineering, etc. I think we did a pretty darn good job because I think most 
of these podcasts are done by people who actually like theater and uh, voice acting and the arts like that. And for most of us to have pretty much no experience. Yeah, I give us an A-plus effort for our first time playing a campaign. And yeah, yeah, and I think we'll, we'll only get better from here. And well, if people are crossed. if people are enjoying listening to us, we would love to hear that because I think at some point, um, you know, whether you all like listening or not, we're going to keep playing. And so at some point, if you all don't enjoy listening, then we can save ourselves some time. We don't need to put yeah. this together <laughs> yeah. as a podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah, pretty straightforward. Save ourselves on editing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, but I think that that is important. Let us know if you like it. Uh, my closing thought is what a blast, super fun, spending lots of times with, uh, good friends with good adventures. Mm. Here, here. That's a, it's a pretty bold claim, Alex, calling us good friends. I mean, acquaintances. Yeah, okay. Gosh, Perfect. do you want us to put the picture of all of us from camp oh, on God. Patreon? Ab- oh, Ab- Patreon.com <laughs> slash the we roll to see the picture from I will camp. put that photo. I found it the other day. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Can you, um, like, can we Photoshop a picture of Hilsey in there? Yeah, Matt, do you have a picture of you from 2012? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> I love the trading cards. If I can describe for the listeners, mine was a six-year-old smiling for a photo on picture day that also had to poop really badly. (laughs) I still have yours somewhere. It's so good. It's so good. Um, But yeah, this was uh, great, and I'm so glad I never have to see any of you again. Yeah, this is the last time (laughs) we'll be seeing each other. So, and on that note, so when are we playing? This is how we rolled. It's past tense now. Thanks for listening. It's this. This was how we rolled. <laughs> this was how we rolled. <laughs> this was how we rolled. Uh, all right. Let's see. What do we? What do we have coming up then? Uh, we don't have Should to keep. Should we say oh, goodbye? We could, oh yeah. Uh, how? What do you mean? I thought we just said. Bye everyone. Oh. <laughs> bye. I just said bye. Bye. Uh, <laughs> This is Felicio signing off. Uh, oh yeah, do Flint. a do a character sign off. That would be good. Flint never cared about any of you. It was all about the money. Fair enough. This is Dresden saying, "Smell you later." <laughs> <laughs> that's his catchphrase. That's, so that makes that's sense. His catchphrase. That's, it's it's always been his catchphrase. This is Mace Core. Uh, thanks for listening to. To us, uh, we appreciate you and hasta la vista. Uh, this is Flint. I don't know what that was. That it's really, um. But anyway, like, uh, see you uh, on the flip side. This is Velocio signing off. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully, we'll see you on the next adventure, which is going to get a little darker. <laughs> But Ooh. it won't. But it's still enjoyable. I won't be a part of it. But the uh, I will. I'm the DM. I'll be there. That's it. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>